You're listening to Deliberate Living, a podcast that inspires, empowers, and encourages listeners to live life more authentically. My name is Holly Priestley, and I'm a full-time nomad and creator who has been living in my 1997 Ford van since January 1st of 2019. I travel the United States with my dog, learning how to live with more authenticity. I explore different ways people choose to ditch the prescribed life we've all been sold and live on their terms, finding freedom and happiness however they choose. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Deliberate Living Podcast. I am your host, Holly Priestley, and this week I'm doing something slightly different. I'm going to talk about something that I haven't actually gotten the opportunity to yet here on my own show. (laughs) Um... So summer is pretty much in full swing, and uh, here in like the high country, backpacking is really starting to take off now that a lot of the snow has melted in the higher elevations. Um, and so maybe backpacking has already been a thing uh, in your part of the world. I did take a backpacking trip when I was in Arizona in like February, January or February, but um, I'm starting to plan out more of my trips for the summer, and every time I talk about backpacking, I get... Uh, a mix of responses, usually a lot of excitement um, from people asking questions about the process, about how I plan, about, you know, what they should do. I also get a lot of, oh, we should go sometime. I've never been. You should take me on my first trip. Um, And to be honest, I used to not like those kinds of responses. Um, I've been backpacking my whole life and I think I take it a little bit for granted. Um, I don't always realize that that's kind of an uncommon thing, but it's something that my parents started doing with us, you know, when we were kids in New Mexico. Um, and so now as an adult, it just seems like a normal thing to me. And it's absolutely one of my favorite things to do. Granted, when I was a kid, I did not think it was cool at all. And I didn't want to go anywhere on the weekends or on spring break or over the summer. I just wanted to stay home and like hang out with my friends and going someplace else was like really uncool. And I was already uncool. So I didn't really need help being more uncool. But now that I'm an adult, I love backpacking. It makes me so happy. It brings me so much joy. When I'm in the backcountry, I get to experience nature in a whole new way. I get to experience life and taking care of myself in a whole new way. Um, You know, and I live in a van, so like my lifestyle is pretty um, self-sustained in a lot of ways anyway, but backpacking takes that to like the next level. Um, But a few years ago, the summer I bought the van, actually, I started taking some of my girlfriends on their very first backpacking trips. And I was really resistant to this. As I said before, I was very resistant to taking people on their first trips because I didn't want to be responsible for them having fun. I It's kind of a specific thing. Like, not everybody is going to like backpacking. Um, not everybody's going to like carrying everything they need on their back into the wilderness and hiking for a while and then like sleeping on the ground. That's not something that a lot of people are going to like, but I like it. (laughs) And so three years ago, I started taking some of my girlfriends on their very first trips and it turned out that I loved it. I loved planning trips for other people. I loved being in control of that process. Um, I loved seeing people have this experience for the first time and like really fall in love with it and Uh, realize a lot more of their capabilities and how beautiful nature can be and how different um, and you know how big and grand and scary and small and beautiful and intricate and delicate and tough like the world is it's it's wild 
But it turns out that I actually love uh, teaching people about backpacking and taking people on their first trips. So what I'm going to do today is give you eight of my top tips for planning your first backpacking trip. And this is by no means an end-all, be-all, ultimate guide or anything like that. Um, It would probably take me a few weeks to develop something like that, but maybe I will if there's enough interest. I don't know. But this is my top eight tips based on conversations that I've had with others, um, based on what I've seen are the most important parts of the activity. Also, if you want more tips, especially tips for backpacking with a family or planning any kind of multi-generational trip, uh, I do have an article that was very recently published in Adventure Pro magazine uh, where I break down more tips specifically for multi-generational trips, trips with people of varying ages and ability levels and sizes and all of that. So my first tip for somebody who's planning their very first backpacking trip is to take it easy. Backpacking is a challenge. It is different. Even if you're an experienced hiker and you hike all the time and you can do a lot of miles and maybe you've done some 14ers or some other summits, whatever, I still recommend doing a really easy peasy trail for your first backpacking trip. Just like a few miles should do it, you know, like depending on your experience, your comfort, your ability levels, somewhere between like three and six miles, I would recommend. Pretty much across the board for anybody on their very first backpacking trip. If you're thinking to yourself that hiking in, quote unquote, only a few miles um, is like totally not worth it, and why would you go if you're not going to go do like double digit days, etc., Like, you can always drop your pack at your camp spot and, like, continue on to do a longer day hike if that's your jam, um, if you really want to, like, add mileage and see more. But wearing a loaded backpack is so, so different than wearing, like, a day pack or a fanny pack or, like, no pack at all. Um, It sits on your body differently. It sits on your hips and your shoulders and everything. It's just different. And so... You know, it's going to rub in new places. It will make different joints sore in brand new ways. You will ache in ways you haven't ached before. Essentially, like, new discomforts are going to pop up. So by keeping the mileage of, you know, pack time lower and easier on these first few trips, it will help you get used to what that feels like. And it'll help your body, like, build up tougher skin, or it'll help you figure out how to fit your pack better, etc., etc., It's going to keep the worst, like, injuries and pains and aches, like, at bay. And you really want to enjoy this thing, remember? So, like, if you've never backpacked before, make it easy on yourself. Make it fun. Make sure that you're going to enjoy it. Don't push yourself. Don't kill yourself. Don't have any kind of, like, ego, like, oh, man, I'm only hiking in three miles. Like, that's not enough. Some of my best hiking experiences have been low mileage days where I can enjoy the spot that I'm getting to more. I can hang out in the lake. I can read with my feet in the water. I can take whatever time I want to like stop and pick huckleberries or raspberries or whatever the fuck kind of berries are out there. Make sure they're edible first. Don't be a dum-dum and like eat stuff you don't know what it is. But sometimes the best trips I've had have been on low mileage days. So especially if you're brand new, low mileage days are my recommendation. My second tip is to use what you have. Ultralight gear is really cool, and brands are always and forever coming out with new gadgets and new tents, new sleeping pads, new sleeping bags. Uh, The list is endless. And 
I've been looking into getting new gear lately, so I can definitely see how much the camping technology has changed in the last like decade since I got new gear. But especially if you're a beginner and haven't ever gone before, all caps, highlighted, flashing lights, like do not feel pressured to spend loads of money on brand new top of the line gear in any way, shape or form. Borrow some gear if you can. Like borrow it from your friends or borrow it from a store. A lot of cities have gear rental stores these days. Like you can find an outdoor consignment store or even like garage sales to get gear. Your first trip, like you don't need to spend thousands of dollars on stuff that you don't even know if you're going to like. And, you know, sure, like having nice gear will make the experience better in some ways. But until you know that this is something that you love and something that you want to do more of, keep it simple. And very similarly to how I recommend people shop for and build out vans, your needs are going to differ. So, for example, I backpack with my dad quite a bit, and our backpacks are very, very different, partially because we're different sizes. But also, the things that we prioritize and the things that we need are super different. That guy can sleep outside in a bivy sack on like the tiniest little sleeping bag you've ever seen. And I need a tent. I need like a three or four inch sleeping pad. I need things like that for me to feel comfortable. And that's okay, right? But if I bought a whole bunch of gear based on, you know, his list and his backpack needs, I wouldn't really enjoy the trip. But I have what I like. And so When you're first going, when you're planning your first trip or your second trip or your third trip, don't feel pressured to get a whole bunch of brand new gear, spend a whole bunch of money. Keep it easy, keep it cheap, keep it free if you can, experiment with a few things, and after you go on some trips, you'll start realizing what it is that you need for your lifestyle or your preferences, and then you can upgrade from there. But there is no need to spend a whole bunch of money on brand new stuff before you even have gone on a trip. Tip number three is to bring calorie-dense foods that you actually like. So my personal favorite hiking snack, whether I'm hiking or backpacking or whatever, even like just road tripping or like going on airplanes, my favorite trip snack is gummy bears. And there were years of my life where I didn't want to buy gummy bears or bring gummy bears or even admit that I liked gummy bears as a hiking snack because they weren't cool and they weren't sold in like the outdoor stores Uh, They weren't an official, like, outdoorsy food. There are gummy bear equivalents that are sold in outdoor stores and are an official outdoor food. You know, they're little, like, jelly beans and gummies that, you know, ultra runners eat and stuff like that. But I liked the gummy bears. They tasted a little bit better and they're a lot cheaper. Um, You know, they're sweet. They're filled with sugar and energy. And I like them and I will actually eat them. So these days, I carry them. But when I wasn't carrying them because they weren't official and they weren't cool, I used to carry a lot of Cliff Bars of, like, all of the flavors. And I never really ate them. I didn't like the texture. The flavors usually weren't my favorites. And not only is carrying a bunch of food you're not going to eat unnecessary weight, it's also not giving your body the fuel that it needs to like keep going on your hike or to like recuperate between miles like once you're at camp. So carrying food that I thought was appropriate but I wasn't eating it was very inappropriate, right? And carrying food that I think is inappropriate but if I eat it, that is appropriate. 
So like it's smart to bring lightweight foods, especially if you're going on a longer trip, like five days worth of food can really like get very heavy very quickly. But if you're just doing like a one-nighter or a two-nighter for your very first trip, you don't need to worry about the weight of your food quite as much. Still would recommend maybe trying out some different backpacker meals, um, although those can get pricey. Ramen and oatmeal are totally fine substitutes. I definitely will bring both of those. Again, because you just really need calories. If you're just going on one or two or three nights, you know, even on my week-long trips, I will just worry more about calories than about nutrients. It's not necessarily about nutrients in the backcountry. It's more about just giving your body energy so you can keep doing the activity. Tip number four is to be mindful and aware of your water. So depending on where you are in the world, water is going to be very easy to find along the trail or at camp, or it won't. And so in your planning, spend a lot of time figuring out your water sources, your water needs. You need to know like exactly where you're going and the likelihood of water being there. And then you also should bring some extra water just in case. And yes, water is really heavy. A gallon of water is like eight pounds or something. So maybe don't bring 15 extra gallons of water with you, but bring some extra water just in case the water source that you've scoped out isn't there. If it's dried up, if it's some kind of contaminated, if it's a mud pit rather than a water spring, or like just in case you don't make it all the way, you know, where you think you're going to go, etc, etc. There's so many reasons why you would want to bring as much water as you need for hiking and then a little extra just in case because you don't know what's out there. And so when it comes to water, also make sure that you have some things, plural, with you that you can use to purify it. It doesn't matter where you are, I don't care if you're at the very top of a mountain and like there's a spring coming out the top, like some kind of water volcano, um, you need to be filtering your water just in case, like all the time. You don't want to get sick. You don't want to get giardia. You don't want any of that nonsense. So I use a really old like water filter pump that has two hoses on it uh, that my dad handed down to me when he upgraded to a newer version of the exact same model. And I also always, always, always carry iodine tablets with me just in case. And I will go into an example of why just in case is really important um, in a couple of tips later. But water is critical. Just as I was just talking about food, bring food that you'll actually eat. You need to stay fueled and capable of continuing your hike. Water is the exact same thing. Dehydration is no fucking joke. Bring water. Be mindful of water. Have an idea of your water sources along the trail or once you get to your campsite. Water is important. And a lot of the meals that we were talking about will use water to make it edible. Ramen, a lot of dehydrated backpacking foods, oatmeal, etc. Water, 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 be smart with it. My fifth tip is to pack smart. And so there are a lot of checklists out there for what to bring on a backpacking trip. And, you know, some of them are better than others. My favorite one is by actually a former podcast guest, a badass illustrator. Actually, she did the design for my upcoming memoir, which is really exciting. Um, and all around badass van lady, Brooke Weaver of Little Canoe. She's amazing. I will link to that in the show notes. But every checklist that you look at will have things on it that you don't need, that you don't have but they're a good idea to look at anyway. Be mindful as you're going through the checklist. Maybe you do need every single thing on it. Maybe you don't. Maybe where you're going doesn't require it, yada, yada, yada. But a checklist is a really good way 
to know how to start packing for backpacking trips. A few of my tips around packing smart. Number one, you don't need as many clothes as days that you're going to be hiking. Like if you're just going out for one night, you can hike tomorrow in what you hiked in today. Also, if I'm going out for like two or three nights, I probably still won't bring like a change of clothes. I will bring a change of clothes if I'm going out for like five nights. Because if you're out there and you're hiking, who cares? It's going to get all sweaty and gross anyway. If your pants cannot stand up by themselves, they are still wearable. Number two, uh, bring layers. Speaking of clothes, like bring a lot of layers. It's often colder outside than it is in your house. And you don't want to be shivering like all night long. Or, you know, it could rain or it could snow. And in that case, you'll want to have more warm layers to put on um, over your light ones and, you know, have something that can keep you dry. On the other end of the spectrum, hiking in the desert or something, it might be cooler in the morning and hotter in the afternoon. And so as you're hiking, you know, you're generating a lot of heat. And it would be really nice to, you know, peel off your long sleeves and have short sleeves underneath. Or, you know, take off your your pants and put on shorts or get some of those like zippy legs uh, on your pants. But layers are really, really important when you're hiking, when you're backpacking, when you're going to be out there for days. You're going to have a whole range of weather. My third tip for packing smart is to be thoughtful when you're actually like putting your gear in your pack. You want the stuff that you're going to need or use most often on the top and the things that you don't need to access very much on the bottom. So for me, for my pack, this means that I put my sleeping bag, my sleeping pad, and my tent on the very bottom of the pack. And then I put like my dinner and my breakfast foods in the middle. And then I put my layers on top of those so that I have more easy access to them if I need them. And then on the very top, I put my snacks, my like hiking snacks, my day snacks. I also carry hiking snacks in my hip pockets and in my like the brain of my backpack that detaches and becomes a fanny pack. Uh, and in that, you know, smaller compartment, I also keep a lot of the small things that I need to bring but could easily get lost in like the bigger body of the pack, like my iodine tablets, my first aid kit, a small knife, etc. So thoughtfully packing your backpack will make a world of difference. If you take a break, like for lunch or something, and you have to pull out your entire pack because you put your lunch stuff on the bottom, that's going to be really annoying. But if you just leave the stuff that you know you're going to need to access on the top, that'll make it a lot smoother for you. No repacking mid-trail. Tip number six, bring a first aid kit and extra foot health paraphernalia. Part of your pack should absolutely be a small first aid kit. It doesn't need to be massive, but you need to have something. Usually backpacking first aid kits are like, I don't know if you're looking at the video, they're about this big, but what is that? Like five or six inches by like maybe four inches. They're not huge, but they have the necessities in them. And on top of those, on top of a hiking first aid kit, bring extra moleskin, extra band-aids, an extra pair of socks, and like a tiny pair of scissors. Like I said earlier, backpacking is different. Your feet are going to move in your boots or your sneakers in a new way. The weight of the pack will change how your body moves and responds to your activity. So even if you have an old pair of hiking boots that you have used for miles and miles and years and years and years, you could still get blisters if you put a heavy-ass backpack on your back and you hike in those same shoes. So be prepared 
Bring extra moleskin. I am the queen of blisters. I always get blisters. I will tell you about it some other day, maybe over a beer or a glass of wine when it's not so painful. Bring extra moleskin. Also, like I said, hopefully you won't have any, you know, real emergencies and generally a backpacking first aid kit like won't solve huge problems. But it's good for the more likely injuries you're going to get. Blisters, cuts and scrapes, etc. First aid kit, very important. Bring one. Make sure you have room in your in your pack for something small like that. Tip number seven, have backups, backup plans, backup gear, backup everything, and have backups for your backups. So a few years ago, I went on a backpacking trip with some of my girlfriends, and it was going to be a really good time. We were planning on going out for two nights, camping near a river, getting a 14er. Um, it was going to be awesome. And one of my friends had just gotten a new water purification system. It was one of those like light pens. I haven't used one yet. Um, but she had just gotten one. She was very excited about it, wanted to use that. So I left my bulky, heavy water filter at home because she was bringing hers and we didn't need to have two. And so, you know, we, we tested it before we left her house. It was fully charged. Everything worked. We like experimented with putting it in one of our water bottles to like see how it worked. It was great. And so I didn't bring mine. And when we got to our campsite later that night, the light wouldn't turn on. We had our river right next to us. It was flowing. It was beautiful. The water looked clean, but we were going to filter it anyway because we're not dum-dums. And the light just wouldn't turn on. Even when we tested it earlier. Even when we knew it was supposed to work. And for no reason at all, it just wasn't working. And I didn't bring my water filter pump. But... Like I said before, I had my backup iodine tablets, and I was able to put that in our water bottles and purify the water. Iodine makes it taste a little strange, so if you're worried about that, bring some Gatorade or something, but bring the freaking iodine tablets just in case. If I hadn't had them, we would have been really screwed. Like, we might have had to just turn around and hike back out all of the miles that we just hiked in and not gotten to camp at all. We brought extra water, but we didn't bring you know, 15 gallons, we didn't bring enough to do the entire hike that we had planned because we knew we would be camping by water. But you never know what's going to happen, so it's good to have backups. Having backup gear for, you know, especially the most important things, like water, uh, is really smart, you know, and having backup gear for a lot of stuff is, like, pretty smart. You know, most tents come with small pole pieces, you know, in their kits. And a lot of people pull them around. They're like, what the fuck is this? This doesn't make any sense. Those are like splints you can use if your pole snaps or something. Having extra stakes can really come in handy. You can find those usually at campsites. People leave them behind all the time. They're very small, easy to lose. Backup food is pretty important. Don't overdo it. You know, like don't bring five days of food if you're going out for one or two nights. But having a couple extra snacks could really come in handy and you don't know when that's going to be. Even having backup plans could really come in handy. If you get to a trailhead and, you know, it's been raining for three days and it's too muddy and you don't want to hike it, it's not safe, it's not a good idea, it's not good for the trail to have, like, soggy, muddy boot prints all the way through the trail. Like, it, having a backup could be great. Or if you get to a trailhead and it's just crowded beyond all reason, having a backup would be really helpful then. Or if the weather is going to be terrible. <laughs> Having a backup plan could really come in handy then. So backups for your backups, very good idea. And backpacking can get heavy really quick, but having the backup gear, backup snacks, 
backup plans, you know, like backups for the most important and lightweight things can help you have the peace of mind that you need to have and help avoid a potentially unfun trip. So my final tip, the most important tip of all of the tips, tell someone where you are going and when you plan to be back. If you're going out solo, tell somebody where you're going, when you plan to be back. If you're going out with your best friend, tell somebody. If you're going out with an experienced guide who knows everything about everything, tell someone where you're going. Just tell someone. Accidents happen. Ideally, you know, we never actually have to like call for a rescue for you. But if you don't show back up after your trip and you didn't tell anybody, people aren't going to know that you're missing and they're not going to know where to start looking for you. So just, just tell someone. Just tell anybody. Anybody at all. Tell me where you're going when you plan to be back. Tell somebody. So I hope these tips have given you a starting point for planning your first backpacking trip. They, it, it's one of my favorite activities. I think it can be a little bit intimidating. I wish it wasn't. I'm trying to do my part to make it more approachable. Um, and as always, please feel free to leave any questions or comments. If you want to know more about backpacking, if I didn't answer your specific question, um, if you have gone on a few trips but you want to go on more, you want more like advanced backpacking tips, like how to go for longer miles or more days, like let me know. I'll do a follow-up. Um, but I really want to thank everybody for being here. You know, if you've made it this far into the episode, you're interested in backpacking, and that's awesome. I have so many opinions on backpacking, on planning, on gear, on food, on all of that stuff, and I'm happy to talk about it all day long. But as always, thank you so much for showing up for this podcast, for this audience-supported show. We will never have any sponsors. We will never have any annoying ad breaks. Even on YouTube, I don't do mid-roll ads because they are annoying as shit. And if you want to help keep it that way and keep it audience-supported and not sponsored, that would be awesome. <laughs> help offset some of the costs that go into producing it um, at the links in the show notes, I have a Venmo and a PayPal set up. And then if you want some extra like behind the scenes or maybe even some mail from me or some one-on-one -on -one coaching or access to any of my courses, those are all available on Patreon. And I have tiers that range the gamut. So feel free to go scope out that. If you know someone who is planning a backpacking trip or might be interested in planning a backpacking trip, share this episode with them. Like, comment, subscribe, all of those things help us get seen by the right people and help the show get, get to the people it needs to get to. So again, thank you all very much for coming, and I hope to see you here next week for another excellent episode. Bye! next week on Deliberate Living and until next time, keep your life on the D.